I don't give up. I don't give up on people and I don't give up on myself. That's like deeply rooted in me because I want to see people thrive and be great. And even if they don't think they can, I know they can. So whatever I got to say to hype them up, that's literally like HR in a nutshell. And now I've been able to bring that into the fitness space. This is Sweat the Details, a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio, a podcast made for women by women. I'm Meg Boggs, and I'm a powerlifter, author, body positivity advocate, and mother. And I'm Monica Jones. I'm a fitness coach, boxer, business owner, and UA athlete. And we're so excited to be your new host for season two of the podcast. Every episode, we'll hear from athletes, trainers, and experts who will give us insights into how our bodies and minds work together in training and competition. In today's episode, we are talking about entrepreneurship. We're going to dive into how we can turn our passions or hobbies into full-time careers. Our guest, Ariel Belgrave, is a certified health coach, fitness trainer, and the CEO of Gym Hookie, a wellness brand helping busy women live happy and healthy lives. For over a decade, Ariel worked corporate jobs at Fortune 500 companies, but then made the big jump to pursue a full-time career in fitness. She's coached more than 1,000 women and created her own fitness program, The Lean Method, which focuses on well-being and mindfulness. And on top of all that, she's a fellow UA athlete. This is something that I think that a lot of our listeners are really going to take note on because Ariel's journey is really something incredible and very just inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. I'm also really curious about how she built her own fitness business from the ground up. She definitely has some amazing advice for those who want to create their own businesses, but don't know where to start. Yeah, her story is really, truly inspiring. Uh, But Monica, what do you say? We get to the interview with Ariel Belgrave. Let's do it. All right, we are welcoming Ariel Belgrave. She's a certified health coach, fitness trainer, CEO of Gym Hookie, and one of our very own Under Armour women. Welcome, Ariel. Thank you. I'm so excited for this combo, y'all. We are so excited. Yes. Well, let's get right into it. I am curious, what was your fitness journey, you know, like up to this point? What role did organized sports play in like developing your love for fitness? Yeah. So great question, because it it did start with sports. And it it is interesting now where I think there's a bit of a differentiation being with fitness and sports. So what I knew growing up was, how do you stay active? You play a sport. Um, And it actually started when I was like really young. I played t-ball with my brothers. I actually wanted to do everything my brothers did. So I was definitely a very well-rounded athlete, to say the least. And I played up through college. And college, I actually played rugby, was introduced to the sport, knew nothing about it, just knew that I loved to tackle people. And that's how it all started. (laughs) So yeah, that's where a lot of movement happened for me. That is so fun. (laughs) Yeah, this, your energy is infectious, Ari. It's so funny. When I think about the first time I met you, we were in Portland and we all went through a trainer workout and you cleared that. It was like a 40 inch box. (laughs) After clearing like a a 30 inch box, you jump right into it. I walked around that thing. It was not my day. It wasn't even one of the soft boxes. So I will never forget that moment and thinking about, what is it that this woman does? Because she just casually did that and had a huge smile on her face the whole time. (laughs) I'll never forget that moment. That is hilarious. So walk us through what your previous routine was. Like, how did you balance keeping a healthy lifestyle while you had a demanding corporate job and a side hustle with Jim Hookie? 
Yeah. So this is very relevant because I, um, we can back it up to even making that transition from college. And I know that there are a lot of athletes who can relate to this. It's very different when you have someone telling you when to show up to practice, how to, to be your most active self and having a coach and having a team. But the moment I made that transition over to the quote unquote real world, I was actually working in finance. It was hard. It was hard. Um, I was working like 80 plus hour weeks. Oh, wow. I, knew what it felt like to be my best. And I wasn't showing up in that way as it relates to my health. And this is where my transition was, where I was like, okay, uh, have a gym membership. It is not being used. It's collecting a whole lot of dust. Right. Uh, the gym is out of my way. How am I going to take care of myself or learn how to take care of myself, even if it's something simple? So I actually started working out at home. And at the time in finance, I was uh, working with a lot of women and I was doing this routine that changes were happening. Um, I was definitely like just the happiest version and healthiest version of myself. And these women were like, hey, how are you? How, how are you looking like that? Like, how are I'm, I'm loving these vibes. I'm loving these changes. I'm loving this transformation. Sign me up. Can we be gym partners? And I was like, actually, I don't go to the gym. I work out at home. So at this time, I wasn't like certified. It was me just being familiar with what we had to do when we played sports. Like, okay, what is what is it like to lift weights and all that? And I was just sharing my routine. And I quickly learned that I was not on a lone island of really struggling to take care of myself while trying to thrive in my career. So um, hence, Jim Hookie actually ended up being born where it was a positive movement around not making it to the gym. And it caught on. A lot of women were really excited to start working out from home. And that's where I was like, okay, this is some real stuff here. I need to get certified. I need to do all the things. So that's when I got certified as a health coach, trainer, and was really able to show up in that space. And that's where things changed for me. Because like my routine that I continue to teach is all movement matters, right? So yeah. if I'm working out four days a week, 30 minutes, I'm feeling good about it. I'm getting my body moving, incorporating strength training. Mm -hmm. So all those things are part of it and I'm doing it right from home. Gosh, that's incredible. What made you realize like this could potentially be a full-time career? Like, was there a moment that was like, okay, this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make that transition. Yeah, that's my favorite question. Um, <laughs> so I worked at Facebook for three years. And this was interesting because I know when I first started at Facebook, I, as a tech, you know, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I, I wanna make sure that I'm showing up, bringing my best. Um, this is why I'm here. And I try to be super low key about Jim Hookie. But you know what happens when you are on social media and you work for a social media company? It doesn't really work out very well. Right. <laughs> so, I eyes on you. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that I was ashamed of it. It was more of like, you know, I, don't, I never want anyone to feel I'm distracted. And um, I go with that to share that my transition into just really being open on who I was and who I was serving outside of working in HR. So my HR job, I was helping build uh, employee experiences to, for Facebook to make it one of the most amazing places to work at. And that's something I really love to do um, was creating programs for the employee experience. So 2019 of December was where I had a moment. And this moment was all encompassing of like, okay, Ari, what is your why? Like, what do you want to do next? And Facebook had me, um, they have their biggest conference for women who work at the company. And they asked me, and there were what, about 8,000 8, women. And they were like, hey, we would love for you to run the Energizer. And they're like, I mean, you can do it. I'm like, uh, they're like, you've done audiences like this before. I'm like, 
maybe like uh, 80 people. I don't know about 8,000. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we'll make sure you're prepared. It'll be great. My job was to like get all the women out of their seats, energized, excited. It was midway through the conference and you're doing a lot of sitting. And I felt, I'm like, I belong on this stage. Like I belong here. This is me. And a month after that, honestly, it was a lot of thoughts on, okay, like you're excited about Jim Hookie. You're excited about working at Facebook, but what's that other layer? Mm -hmm. And that other layer for me was fulfillment. I felt more fulfilled working in the fitness and wellness space, knowing that I could impact the livelihood of women. And that's where I made the decision. And I had also had a fork in the road because I was, I was a part of the Under Armour team. So I was doing Under Armour, doing Jim Hookie, doing Facebook, doing all these things. And I'm like, it's time. And my heart was so uh, at peace with my decision. So it just so happens that my very last day working in tech was the very first day of the pandemic. And this was something that no one could have planned for, but I gave one month notice to my job. So this was before like the pandemic was anywhere hitting us in the US, it was more overseas. So as I'm sure you both know, wellness during the pandemic, not to say that it wasn't important, but it skyrocketed on how we can show up as professionals for people needing to work from home and all that, so. Absolutely. (laughs) I get chills every time I hear about anyone explaining when they have that moment, you know, that magical moment Mm. where you just know, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just, it's beautiful. And like, I got chills when you said that because I just know that's (laughs) such a beautiful moment. It is definitely not even, you don't even seem at peace. You seem to be glowing all (laughs) the time, all the time, which is amazing. You spoke about being in finance, different corporate positions that you've held, and they're all very well-rounded. So you had finance, you had human resources, you were doing experiential work for those who worked for the company. You're very much a person who provides. And when I think about Mm -hmm. just generally women of color in any industry, Mm. there's so much love that we pour into our jobs. And there's also pressure to not feel like we're seeming distracted at work. That's right. There are also times where it feels like we have passion and we don't want to run away from, we want to run to those things. So even just jumping ahead, what kind of fears did you have facing going from something that is structured and provided, quote unquote, to you and going towards something that gave you passion, you felt dedicated to, and that you knew you could solve problems with. What were some of the fears you had and what were some of the ways that you faced those fears? Yeah. Um, so first one, mindset was a big one for me, y'all. And and it's interesting because I, I now I'm like mindset, 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 you know, but like a couple of years ago, I'm like, woo woo mindset, you know, <laughs> but once you actually realize moments of scarcity and I, and that was it for me. Yes. I grew up in an environment where no one were entrepreneurs. It was my parents, my parents were immigrants. I was a first generation college student. So what I saw was job security working for larger companies. So there's a lot of discomfort there. And while I believed in my capabilities, there's still this sense of security when you're getting a paycheck every single time. And it's one thing to have a passion, but it's like, is this passion going to pay the bills? Yes. And I had to work on myself. And it was money mindset was a big one where it was 
not the, oh, I, I think I can get that. It's like, oh, I'm deserving of that. And I'm going to make sure that I do what I can to get that. And that get that being thrive in the fitness and wellness space. That was something that was a game changer for me. I also, you know, read a lot of books. I spoke to, to other people whose mindset was so abundant that I was so blown away. I'm like, how do you talk like that? Like, this is crazy to me. Are you on earth? <laughs> but I had to check myself and what it meant for my own belief and self-worth. So that was definitely one. Uh, the other one was imposter syndrome. So, you know, you're entering a space where it's like, okay, well, how are women going to choose me or appreciate my guidance versus anyone else? Or what is my secret sauce? How am I different? Yes. And I realized through speaking with a lot of people, it's like, we all bring our own flavor to the fitness and wellness space. So I'm the yes kind of trainer. I incorporate affirmations in my workouts to remind women to love themselves along the journey, not just when they get to the, well, there is no final destination. It's a journey. Yes. Ari, what would you tell women of color who want to become personal trainers or fitness content creators? Those women that might feel hesitant of not fitting in or maybe not getting the recognition that they deserve, what kind of advice do you have for them? Mm, such a great question. I would say find your lane. How can you show up? It, it's about the impact that you can make. And it is tough because as Black women, there are barriers, right? There are the systems were set up for us not to have as much access um, as others may. It was set up almost for us to, to fail. So getting around that isn't easy. I'm not going to sit here and be like, girl, just find your lane and do your thing. Nope. <laughs> First, acknowledge that systems are tough. Making our way around that as Black women. But Surrounding yourself with people who may be where you want to go and, and have navigated this space is something that's really helped me and knowing that I'm not alone. So definitely surrounding yourself as a Black woman, um, not just with other Black women, but allies. How can they support you? How can you thrive in this space? And that's something that's helped me a lot, especially when it comes to imposter syndrome. It's like, do I belong here? And of course you belong here. There's the perfect clients waiting for you, but it's having that confidence and knowing that you can be in that space and enter that lane. I love it. Absolutely. On your website, you've coached like over a thousand plus women, which is incredible. And I've noticed that you have a signature program and it's the lean method. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about that and how that's different than like other virtual programs? Yeah. So this, this is my baby. Um, I actually created the lean framework during my time of being in corporate. So the structure of it is catered to like the busy woman. How can you still take care of yourself and thrive? How can you chase your dreams in a healthy body, essentially? So lean is actually an acronym. Uh, the L is for lifestyle. E is for exercise. A is for attitude and the N is nutrition. And in this framework, it's what I, what I preach to women is important that all aspects of these are included when you're on your wellness journey, however it looks like for you. Some may be weight loss. Others may be wanting to get stronger. Others may want to sleep better. So the L is really important because I think oftentimes, um, we jump into the exercise and the nutrition, the A being really important too. And it's like, okay, I'm going to work out. Okay, I'm just going to eat healthy. But your lifestyle matters so much. And oftentimes when you look on the internet and you see these programs, it's very cookie cutter. And it can be discouraging when you try a program that doesn't fit your lifestyle. For example, are you a mom with two kids? 
Do you have a job where you're traveling, you're a consultant, and you're traveling all the time? Are you working really early mornings and really late nights? And all those aspects of your lifestyle matters and how you show up when it comes to taking care of yourself. So I've structured this program where it's, it's giving women permission to structure in a way that works for them. 10-minute workouts, let's do it. That's what I have time for this morning before my kids wake up in the morning. Like, it's, it's that type of vibe. And then the attitude is another component I think is oftentimes missed where it's, okay, how do I, how do I affirm myself along the way? Um, not just when I, when I get to that end. And how do I believe that where I want to go, I can be on my wellness journey and it be sustainable. It's very anti-diet sustainability, um, and, and just real and raw and giving yourself permission to mess up and get back on track. Oh, that's, that's amazing because I feel like a lot of, you know, women will go to virtual programs online and a lot of it is the first step. This is the number one thing you need to do. You need to get on a scale and you need to just limit everything, restrict everything. And it's like, there's so much more to it. And I love how you kind of broke that down. And I mean, that's just the most important thing, I feel like, when you're starting yeah. any program. So it, it just excites me to know that this is available for women out there, especially busy women, because we yeah. all know that every woman out there is just trying to get through the day. Yeah. I would say 95% of the women who come to my program, their goal is weight loss. That's what they come into it as. And when I think of weight loss, there were just so much more negative things that came with it. And what I've learned through my experiences and even coaching is like, okay, I can help you with weight loss, but how you choose to do that. It's more of like weight loss with love. Mm -hmm. How do you choose to do that in a way that can be encouraging for yourself and the other women around you? Because community is really important. And I feel like that's something I've been really protective of. Um, my lean program is community-based, but I also am protective of it not being a case where it's like, so how much do you weigh now? Like, what are the before and after photos? Because that can be discouraging to someone else in the environment whose results don't look like that. Absolutely. Weight loss can 100% be a goal, but it yeah. cannot be a lifestyle. That's right. Oh, perfectly said. Having a community that yeah. leads us to feel like we've we've reached it, like we look forward to the next goal. Having, you know, the right nutritional guidance or the excitement to explore. I always see excitement on your page and in your content. You're in the kitchen dancing <laughs> around, cooking something good. You're, you know, doing your self-care routines, making sure that your all-encompassing lifestyle is just as refueling for you as it is challenging. So give us some insight on what some of your favorite self-care things to do are to make sure that your cup is full. Yes, because, you know, can't pour from an empty cup. That's right. <laughs> um, so there are a couple key things for me. Um, one is I, I, I do love to exercise in the morning. It, it gets my mind going. It energizes me. It gets my blood flowing. Um, I do journal, and my journal is very quick. I have a five-minute journal where I just like to remind myself to be grateful for the things that I do have, uh, eating a very healthy breakfast and drinking water. I have to have my cup of water right when I wake Drink up. Water. But those are the yeah. things that are like quick wins for me that I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to start my day. Um, my other self-care practice is setting boundaries. The way I think of it in my mind is I have to say no to something or someone in order to say yes for myself. Yes. And not feeling bad about it because that is an energy drain in itself. Like when you have this guilt after you say no. <laughs> so that's another one. Takes practice. Doesn't happen overnight, y'all. Still working on it. 
Um, the other is energy management. So you've heard time management. And I think now getting into entrepreneurship, I think for me, it's less of what do I have time for and more of what do I have energy for? Because when I look on my calendar, I'm like, oh yeah, there's a 30 minute gap there. But do I have the energy to talk to someone one-on-one right now? So for me, it's like being really intentional about my energy. What am I doing to bring energy in? And what am I doing to protect my energy? And what's being done to release it? And there are some times where I'm like, nope, I may have time for it, but I don't have the energy to deal with that today. And that's something that allows me to keep my cup full and provide to others um, and show up for my clients. So those, I would say, are my top three. I wrote them all down. <laughs> it's tough. Yes. It's tough to protect your energy and feel like you're not being selfish, right? Absolutely. We feel like if I don't give my time, then I'm not giving my value, right? Mm. But sometimes we'll stretch ourselves thin trying to give time and then the value does not add up. It doesn't. So I think starting your day and making sure you've got those three things on lock is a great way to manage energy. And it also reflects in spending quality time. That's right. Absolutely. All right. One of the realest and most encouraging things you've said so far is that there is space for you in this industry. And so now we want to kind of pick your brain about some best practices to really get yourself going, get your momentum and keep yourself not only sane, but thriving in all things entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, when I think entrepreneurship, it seems really scary. What would your advice be to taking that very first step, you know, for women who want to create their own businesses or become their own business? Yeah. Whew. There's so many things. <laughs> um, what you bring to your business matters. Um, it, it really transcends into everything else. So I would say being clear on like your why for your business and your purpose and who you want to serve. So this is called your ideal customer avatar, ICA. And what I see frequently is a lot of generalizations on who you can serve. It's like, okay, I'm a woman's coach, right? So I want to serve all women. Okay. How is that going to differentiate from someone else? So understanding who that person is, where do they work? How old are they? What is their income? What are their biggest challenges? And really honing in on those things is really important because it can help set the foundation on who is it that you want to serve for starters. Um, The other, I would say, is educating yourself, going into this space with an open mind, be okay with things not being perfect. That was one of the number one things I learned. So what I see often is people creating full-out programs without ever even having people go through beta and testing whatever it is. So we're athletes here. I would say one of my favorite things is practice before you play, right? Before you get into the game, before you get a starting position, you have to show up to practice, show up so you can get better. And the same applies to your business. You have to practice on clientele, have friends, family, before you can get out into the world and get with the big dogs. So that's one. The other is surrounding yourself with people who support you. Sounds so easy, right? But there are people who can really like put a little dent on your visions and dreams. And you don't need that. You don't need that smoke. It's a discomfort that's allowing people to thrive. It's doing something different. 
And that is your secret sauce. So definitely making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who can not only cheer you on, but can guide you. And I mentioned education being super important. One thing that I did in my business that was the best decision I've made was invest in myself. That investment was personal development, but also business development. Because one of the very first things that you're doing when you start a business is making sure that foundation is set. Because once you start going, once your business start growing, because it will, having to go back and fix those things is going to be a hot mess. See what you can do to do that up front. And oftentimes investing in yourself, whether it be a business coach who's been there where you are, whether it be a course that you can sign up or simply just having someone who can say, Ari, this is what you need to do before you start bringing clients on to make sure your foundation is set. So uh, lots of things, but those are some of the things that definitely stand out to me on the business side of things. Yes. Getting started requires money. Yes, it <laughs> we does. We can't skip the money. <laughs> so there's a study in the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor that says that women self-funded 61% mm. of their total startup capital, and they tended to obtain funds from friends and relatives, while men self-funded 50% of their capital and relied more on banks. Wow. That is a crazy difference. And for you, what kind of advice do you have on finding capital to start up your business? Yeah. So mine, mine has been self-funded. And I think what I can definitely speak to is someone who's went from side hustle to full-time. So I was very intentional about money spent. I was prepared monetarily because I was saving. I was saving and setting aside money that I had. So that way, because I, I am very familiar with that stat that you just shared. And it's heartbreaking, but it's the reality of how we can be able to grow our businesses as women. So I knew going into it, I'm like, okay, I have to have money up front. Um, I'm, I have these side gigs. I'm doing influencer stuff. That's going to be my money that I'm setting aside to be able to start up. It did mean sacrificing certain things, but I was okay with that because I had in mind that I wanted to be a business owner someday. Um, I, I would say uh, another thing that's super important on the business side, I had to switch my business model. Like what I did when I worked as a side hustle did not work <laughs> for me doing it full time. What worked for me for the last five years of side hustle I got to revisit this and see how I can set things up to make more money and it be like sustainable financially because financial stress is a thing. Hello, somebody, let's talk about it. And you can't show up for your, your people if you're stressed, right? So it's like, okay, do I need to raise my prices? Do I need to maybe do a group coaching model? And that's something that's worked really well for me, especially since community is something that I really value. And I think it really helps hold women accountable when they're on their journey. But just thinking about that and how like money can play a part in like feeling like I can fund myself without needing to go the outside source route. Yeah. So now that you're the boss of your... <laughs> of yourself and everybody, you know, that has been now working with you, you know, it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to just kind of lose sight of goals when you're the main boss, when you're the one in charge. Um, so how do you keep yourself accountable? Very relevant as I'm in these conversations <laughs> now. So I would highly suggest for anyone who's on this path, even before you become a business owner, is setting quarterly goals for yourself. So you have something to work towards. And what that holds me accountable to is what I say no and yes to. 
I am huge on diversifying my income. It's not just going to be coaching clients. However, if I don't feel like it aligns to my quarterly goal, then there's something I can revisit the next quarter. And I think the key to that is also setting goals in manageable chunks. It's not just saying, I want to work with five big brands this year. Cool. That's the main goal. What am I going to do leading up to it? Um, and that's something that's helped me. Um, I literally, I'm a vision board fanatic. Like I, I live for vision boards and I do a, a digital vision board, actually not one that's written because I have it on the background of my computer somewhere where I'll see it every single day. And it's on the background of my phone. Also having a business coach to hold me accountable, being like, okay, what are you working on this week? Okay. Here are the next steps you need to take. And that has played a big part as well because I'm naturally competitive. I bring the athlete in me into this business world. So if I tell someone I'm I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it because I don't want to be, you know, not following through. <laughs> so I think that mentality, the athlete mentality has helped me uh, like so much. <laughs> I love it. The athlete mentality can do so much for us, especially as women. It's incredibly empowering. And to be empowered, a lot of times we got to use skills that we find from our jobs. So what kind of skills from your corporate job do you apply to your personal business now? Man, y'all are killing it with these questions. These are really (laughs) great questions. So one of my favorite things that a lot of people hear me say is my corporate skills are paying the bills. And I go with that to share. When I first came into the fitness space, y'all, I actually thought I'm like, okay, HR, fitness going to be putting all that HR stuff to the side because I'm entering this new space. (laughs) And I realized that my skill sets from the corporate world served me so much when it came to navigating the space during the pandemic. There were a lot of shifts that us as professionals had to make in order to survive in this industry from going virtual to trying different partnerships and all that. So some of my key skills that I thought gave me leverage, one was um, just comfort working in the corporate space. So an avenue that I had zero plans for was, you know, doing fitness classes for corporate, doing workshops. That was far from my mind when it's like, all right, duh, you're in this space. Like, you know what they're looking for. You know how to navigate it. Duh. (laughs) So knowing how to have the conversations with the heads of benefits, knowing that metrics is super important and they want to see success. And how do I let them know that what I provide can hit your bottom line. So that's one. The other is generally speaking, communication. I have speaker's anxiety and a lot of people are shocked by it because I'm a very talkative person. But when it comes to being on a stage in front of thousands, I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone is looking at me. Woo. Okay. So definitely being able to speak and empathy and grace. Like I think I really built that muscle being in the corporate space where I just have a lot of patience for a lot of things And I don't give up. I don't give up on people and I don't give up on myself. And I think that from being in the HR space, that's like deeply rooted in me because I want to see people thrive and be great. And even if they don't think they can, I know they can. So whatever I got to say to hype them up, that's literally like HR in a nutshell. And now I've been able to bring that into the fitness space. Your energy is just magnetic. Like it's (laughs) like, I love how you just give it everything. Like you give it everything and you're so passionate. I just feel like so motivated right now. I wrote down so many things that you said and now I'm like, okay, so what's next? What is next for Jim Hookie? What is what is something that you're like super excited about that's coming up? Can you share anything with us? 
Yeah. So I am going to be leaning in more to the corporate side of things. What I've spent my time doing in this past year and a half was helping tech companies design corporate programs specifically for women, because oftentimes it's all encompassing. And there's a need for gender specific programs because they do say the percentage of stress when it comes to work-life balance is far higher for women than it is men. So the support women need is different. And these are the conversations I'm having with tech companies. So that's on the corporate side of things, on the more of the B2C business to customer side of things is continuing to put my programs out there and support women and teach them how to be on their journey while loving themselves at the same damn time. So we'll see how that looks. I love it. That's so exciting. Yes. (laughs) Under Armour Sweat the Details will be back after a short break. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Welcome back to Sweat the Details. All right, Ari, this is a part of the show. We like to play a little game with our guest. Uh, The game we're going to be playing today is called Fitspiration, where we're just going to ask you a couple of questions about what and who keeps you motivated and inspired to just keep pushing hard in your fitness training and your entrepreneurship. Um, So why don't we just get started? Are you ready? Ooh, I'm ready. Let's get it. All right. (laughs) Okay, first question. Who is your fitness role model? Ooh. Lita Lewis. She is the OG for Black women in the fitness industry. Love it. Lita is definitely, she's, she's a baller for sure. Whew. What motivates you to work out if you're feeling lazy? I think about the energy that it will give me for the day. And that really is like a huge motivator for me. Like, you want energy, Ari? Got a lot of stuff to do? Let's work out so you can get there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Love it. Okay, so if you're like, say you're about to hit a PR or you're about to go for some like your best and you feel it, what is the song that you're going to blast in your headphones where you know that song's going to get you there? Dang, y'all, I'm ratchet. So (laughs) (laughs) Amigos, something that's like like, like trap music that's bringing me the vibes. It's either that or some Beyonce because, you know, she could... This, I feel like it's my spirit animal. She may she may get me there with uh with, with want to do that last rep that's gonna get me to that PR. Yes. So yeah, either trap or Beyonce. Good choices. Good choices. I just knew it was gonna be rock your hips because it just <laughs> felt right. That is in the ratchet bucket. Flavors. That'll be it. <laughs> Bootylicious bubble gum. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite warm-up routine to get hype for your workout session? Um I'm a hit girl. I love hit. So I would say uh, incorporating more of like a cardio hit, whether it be jumping jacks, high knees, and just like getting my body warmed up in general. So inchworm is, is one that I always incor- incorporate just to the get my- The inchworm. My- <laughs> inchworm. Yeah. I'm like, let's, let's, let's get this core on fire. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Ari, you're a Trini girl. Tell us about your favorite Trini dish to make. Ooh. So I love 
curry a lot. Um, mm. Curry chicken would be my jam. Um, my favorite dish in general is roti. Haven't haven't mm. perfected that yet, but I can do all the fillings and I will blow you away with my curry chicken, curry goat, oxtail, you name it. I love it. I think I just signed up to cook for Mon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you see my eyes? I was like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ari, thank you so much for being here with us. This conversation was so good. And I think a lot of women are going to take away lots of great information to help them with their business, to help them make transitions, to just help them live their best lives. And we can't thank you enough for being here with us and answering all of our questions. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. I I love to share and bring all the laughs to these to these environments. So thank you. Of course. Can you share a little bit about where everyone can find you? Yeah. So you can find me on the gram at Jim Hookie, G-Y-M-H-O-O-K-Y. You can also find me on my website if you're interested in joining my my wait list for weekly wellness tips is www.jimhookie.com. And if you are about that uh, professional life, you can also find me on LinkedIn, Arielle Belgrave Harris. Yes. Thank you. Thank you again to Ariel Belgrave for sharing her story. That was so great. What a great way to kick off season two. There were so many amazing things that Ariel said in the conversation, but I really loved what she said about vision boards. Can we talk about that for just a second? Because I am a huge visual person. Like I love journaling and I like all those things that she was talking about, but she said creating a vision board that you can put virtually like on your phone or as your the background of your computer. And since that's kind of like the full-time job of entrepreneurship, I mean, that's something I never thought of. I'm a physical vision board person. So actually having that on something I see every day, that was just like a light bulb moment for me. What about you, Mon? Yes, I can 1000% agree with the vision boards and all of the manifestation magic. I mean, she really got me when she talked about hiding her extracurricular work with Jim Hookie because she didn't want to seem distracted at work. I feel like so many women including myself, are out here hiding the really dope things that we're doing because we don't want to seem distracted to our employers. And it can really hold us back from, again, manifesting that magic. So I think the two of those things put together just really propels us forward as women in the workplace. Yeah. There were so many takeaways. I hope you all were taking notes. But Meg, what do you say we check in on our goals? Yes, let's do it. This is a point in the episode where we check in with each other and you all the listeners about our goals. We get real about our progress, talk about where we're struggling and ask for help. Exactly. So Meg, what you doing over there? What goal are you working on right now? Well, Mon, I just got back into it. I actually deadlifted for the first time this week in a couple of months. You know, I've been doing my fertility treatment for a few months now, and it's been really difficult to get back into like a normal training schedule since I never know what's going to happen. But I deadlifted and it got me really pumped. I didn't think I was going to have a deadlift goal for anytime soon. But I got 315 yesterday and I'm like, okay, I am back on track. I'm ready to make that a real goal. And I'm not going to set a timeline for it. I'm just going to say I'm going to give it my all, see what happens and try to get that deadlift back up to 400. That's like my ultimate yearly goal. We'll see how long it takes. But for now, I'm just going to keep pushing and see what happens. What about you? Oh, my gosh. 315. A girl. (laughs) It's about 200 pounds heavier than where I'm at. (laughs) No, that is so dope. I love watching those videos of you hitting your lifts because it inspires me to keep lifting myself and 
to really know the strength that I have within. And, you know, that strength, sometimes we really need a community to support us in, you know, what you're going through hormonally and getting a little bit of release in the gym is so inspiring. So how can we continue to help you in reaching your goals? Honestly, you know, I feel like supporting is it can it can be in so many different forms. It could be as simple as like a quick DM check-in, a quick text check-in. That's really my like form of of support. I just like to know that somebody else is like aware that I'm struggling over here. And then that little bit of like, even that smallest text for me is like a game changer because it just, it makes me feel less alone. Cause a lot of the time on this journey for me, I've felt very alone. And the smallest moment of somebody acknowledging like, Hey, I'm here for you is just, it, it changes everything for me. So that's really all I can ask. <laughs> what about you, Mon? I got to hear about your training. You got to tell me more about it. Oh, yeah. It is time to take it to the ring. I'm so excited to be training. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> it's time for this first fight. And I'm so excited to be joining into this charity boxing event to fight against cancer. KO cancer. It's going to be just such an incredible training camp with my boyfriend. So really, my goal right now is to make sure that I can consistently be losing this 10 pounds over the next few months, uh, make it an enjoyable journey and get my lungs back to to fighting shape. Nice. So what can we do to support you on your journey towards the match of the century? <laughs> it is going to be such a brawl. I'm I'm majorly excited. I'm ready. I'm ready to see that. Yeah. I can't wait to hear yes. all about it. So the support and training is great. Spreading the word, really helping me get these funds up because I want to make big, significant changes in the fight against cancer. And that is the real, real true purpose of me doing this. As a fighter, it's always so great to know that we have people in our corners, people who truly care. So any interaction, encouragement, and any spreading of the word is going to be helpful for me, for my soul, and for my training. So I'm really looking forward to connecting with all of you on that. Oh, yeah, that's really something to get encouraged about when you have those people around you just supporting you, lifting you up. Well, best of luck on that. Can't wait to hear more about it. And we want to hear about how you're doing. So reach out to us on social and cheer us on or keep us posted on your progress. You can find me on Twitter at Meg5Bogs and Instagram at Meg.Bogs. And you can find me on Instagram at TrainWithMon. That's it for this week's episode, but don't forget to join us next week when breathwork specialist Lindsay Trubia joins us to talk about breathwork for performance. Yes, this sounds like a really exciting one. I think we're all going to learn a lot about breathwork, and we can't wait for you all to hear that conversation. Until next time, stay tuned in, stay motivated, and don't forget to sweat the details. Bye. Bye. If you liked what you heard on the show, subscribe for free or follow the show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review. Sweat the Details is a collaboration with Under Armour and iHeartRadio. Our show is hosted by me, Monica Jones. And me, Meg Boggs. Our executive producers are Jess Schreibstein, Giselle Lewis-Archbald, Molly Sosha, and Maya Cole. Our producers are Kelly Antol, Layla Kadrain, Emma Osborne, and Alejandra Arevalo. And our sound editor and engineer is Sarah Gibble-Laska. Keep up the latest news in women's fitness by following Under Armour at Under Armour Women and at Under Armour. <laughs>